So what's a wellness shorty? It's a weekly snippet of sciencey stuff that will improve your odds of aging in good health. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, your host and owner of Rebellious Wellness Over 50. I'm a health and better aging coach for women over 50 who want to live fully until they die, not just run out the clock. Look, midlife and beyond is the Olympics of change. I'm here to prepare you because aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. Hey girls, today we're talking about the heart. Did you ever think about the fact that the heart is the one muscle we cannot live without? This little pump never sleeps and every hour your heart pushes around 70 gallons of blood and it has to fight gravity and our bad habits like sitting too much to get it to the far reaches of our bodies, head to toe. Actually, it's pretty amazing that it lasts as long as it does. Now, some of course last longer than others, and that's why I'm talking about the heart. Blood pressure, here's a fun fact, sort of. Even with all the improvements of health in healthcare since the 1900s, you are 70% more likely to die from heart disease today than you were then. Why? Well, other things used to kill people first, partially. But also because 100 years ago, people didn't spend five or six hours a day on the couch, binge watching succession, driving to get their food, and fitfully sleeping or not sleeping at all. Now, we've been told to take care of our health, to take care of our heart, but sometimes bad things happen no matter what we do. Like this, 25% of people who die of heart failure, the first time they know they have a heart problem is when they die. And this, more than half of all first heart attacks, fatal or otherwise, occur in people who are fit and healthy and have no obvious risks like smoking, drinking, well, drinking to excess. They're not seriously overweight. They didn't even have high blood pressure or high cholesterol rating. And twice as many of us women die from heart disease than do from breast cancer, and yet we fear cancer more. We pay attention to things that are cancer preventive more than we do to heart disease. Now, that's some scary stuff, but it's not the most common reasons we die of a heart attack or heart failure. The most common problems stem from things within our control, like what we do every day. Two places to start, manage your blood pressure so it doesn't get high and learn to manage blood sugar so you don't end up with insulin resistance. You know, as we age, I think a lot of us take for granted that our blood pressure is going to go up. You may even heard that that's acceptable. For years, the medical community believed that it was good to have higher blood pressure as we aged so that the blood would still reach our brains and our extremities, even with hardening of the arteries, which happens to pretty much everybody. Now we know that's not the best case scenario, even though it is common. We now know that chronically elevated blood pressure seriously raises the risk of heart attack and stroke. As we age, it's likely to go up unless we adjust our lifestyle habits to reflect the proven ways to keep it low. And in part for women, this is due to a decline in estrogen. Estrogen is cardioprotective as well as brain and bone protective. And we also tend to become a little bit more sedentary. Now, when I was in my 50s, I was pretty cavalier about my blood pressure because mine was always low, like within range, lower than 120 over 80, which is what they recommend now. And then when I hit 60, even though I was active and eating well, sticking to my 80-20 rule of excess and moderation, something changed. 
my BP began to creep up. I didn't really take it seriously until it hit 130 over 90. How the heck could this be happening, I wondered. I was gardening, I was walking, but clearly that wasn't enough. My research said, get more cardio. So I kicked up the pace of my walks and I learned to love spin classes and bar classes and anything that got my heart rate up. These days, my blood pressure lives in the 115 over 75 range. Hoo-hoo! Upping cardio worked for me. You'll have to figure out what will work for you. And in future episodes, we'll be discussing ways to lower your blood pressure. But back to right now. If yours is a concern right now and you're not ready to get started on meds, check out my Power of Five assessment at rebelliouswellnessover50.com on the work with me or services page. I am not a doctor. I'm not a medical professional. I'm only an alternative if your blood pressure is not in a worrying range. I can take an in-depth look at your current lifestyle habits and give you guidance and support. I want you to see a medical professional, however, if you are over 135 and the bottom number is 80 to 89. It's time to get serious. Now, what I did is not going to work for everybody, nor does everybody want to spin or power walk, nor can they. But our lifestyle is responsible for 80% of our health and how we age. But movement is the one thing that all professionals, medical, alternative practitioners, they all agree we must move more. Now, I mentioned lifestyle, we talked about that, and insulin resistance. So it's time for a short primer on insulin. You already know that insulin is related to blood sugar. It's a hormone. When we eat or even when we get stressed, our blood sugar rises. Insulin is called to distribute it to our cells. And if there's an excess or our cells aren't responding because they're overworked from too much sugar, it will get it into storage for later. It'll move the blood sugar into the liver, most likely, to be stored to be used later. Too much sugar guarantees more circulating insulin until it's no longer needed. When you control your blood sugar, your body makes the right amount of insulin. Why you don't want excess insulin swimming around is this. It increases the risk of heart disease and hypertension, diabetes, inflammatory diseases, even possibly cancer. Too much insulin results in a condition known as insulin resistance, and you can be guaranteed that something bad is up ahead if you are in insulin resistance. Listen to what doctors Johnny Bowden and Stephen Sinatra had to say in their book, The Great Cholesterol Myth. Insulin resistance is one of the most important and early signs of coming heart disease. High levels of insulin will increase your blood pressure in a couple of ways. For one thing, insulin can narrow the artery walls. Narrow walls translate into higher blood pressure because the harder pumping action is required to get the blood through the passageways. Now, the problem with high blood pressure is that we almost never know that it's high, hence the name, the silent killer. Unless you're going to a doc regularly, they always take your blood pressure these days, or you've been advised to monitor it yourself, you may not know that your blood pressure is high until something serious starts happening. Now, high blood pressure can result in not only artery damage, but it can cause an aneurysm, heart failure, rupture or blocked blood vessels, reduced kidney function, vision loss, and even loss of cognitive function. There really are no common symptoms as your blood pressure is starting to go up, but warning signs for very high blood pressure can include chest pain, confusion, headaches, buzzing in the ears, an irregular heartbeat, nosebleeds, fatigue, 
even changes in your vision. Here's my ask. If you're not already monitoring your blood pressure at home and you're over 55, get a home monitor. It only takes a few minutes a day, and that way you can see a baseline for yourself and keep track of it for future. You may even find that you have high blood pressure and you didn't know it from a simple, probably $50 machine and a few minutes of your time. My preference is a digital monitor that inflates the cuff for you and stores your reading with date and time. Wrist monitors are popular. Monitors on smartwatches and other apps are also popular, but they're not as accurate. And you don't have to spend a fortune. You can spend $200, but you can really just between the $40 and $70 range will get you a reliable digital wireless monitor. Okay, here are the recommendations for how to get an accurate reading. First of all, you want to do this at the same time every day. And for now, start with every day for a week. This will give you a baseline. If you're high to begin with, which is greater than 130 over 80 plus anything, it is time to see a doctor. If you don't want to take blood pressure medication and I'm with you, then you have to commit to change. We all know our bad habits, what needs to go. The Doritos is better than the ticker. If you want some direction on small changes that will provide big results, get the power of five. You can find it at rebelliouswellness.com, power and the number five. There are my recommendations for the five pillars of longevity. They're super simple. There's no crazy exercise. There's no deprivation. Just things that are easy to understand and put into your daily routine to help you age in good health. Oh, and by the way, it's delicious. <laughs> Eating with the five pillars is really delicious. If you're not sure how to pick a monitor, check out maybe Consumer Reports or Wire Cutter and make sure you get a cuff that is going to fit your upper arm. They usually come in different sizes. Here's when not to take your readings right after arguing with customer service about your cable bill, or finding out that your tax run refund is smaller than you planned, or after you've had a really bad night's sleep. Don't exercise, drink caffeinated beverages, smoke, or eat within 30 minutes of measuring your blood pressure. Sorry. Sit still with your back straight and your feet on the floor. Rest your arm on a table or a pillow on your lap so it's comfortably straight, not like stiff, just straight. I'm also going to tell you to turn your cell phone upside down, put it on mute, or put it somewhere else. Why? Because anything can cause a spike in blood pressure, even good things, and you want an accurate reading. Then follow your monitor's instructions on how to put the cuff, where to put the cuff, and whatever else they might want you to do. Check your blood pressure at the same time each day, and you're going to do it three times with a minute in between each reading. Why? Because one might not be accurate. We really need three, and we're going to average the three to get that day's reading. Your machine will probably track your numbers and the date in the machine itself. So you can go back, scroll back through. I have one that uploads to my phone. There's an app, so I can just scroll through on my phone if I'm not near the machine. You might think that taking your blood pressure is for old people. <laughs> But it might make the difference between getting sick and feeling old versus taking a proactive approach and heading off any ills that can come our way because we weren't paying attention. It's easy not to pay attention. Everybody's busy. Prevention is underrated. And this is one of the easiest prevention strategies, especially for those of us beyond the midpoint. If your BP is higher than safe, get educated about how to bring it down naturally or go to your doctor and see what her or his opinion is. 
Some docs will suggest lifestyle changes before you get blood pressure meds. And that's the kind of doc I love because it really is simple to lower your blood pressure when you are feeding yourself the optimal food for your body and getting some more movement. So here's my ask. Don't dismiss this simple prevention measure. Heart attacks are not necessarily more prominent in men than women, but they're often more fatal. Plus, women are more likely to have a second heart attack in the five to six years after their first one. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for any of us. I want us to live fully until we decide not to. So please take care of your heart, the one muscle you cannot live without.